This is April 20th, 2021, and uh, I'm excited to report uh, today that uh, last night I attended my first formal sitting in the in the in a zendo, uh, the Arnold Park zendo, first f- formal evening sitting in over 13 months. And I'm excited because it was a marvelous experience. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, after almost 50 years of attending morning and evening sittings, either at Arnold Park or Chapin Mill, uh, to be back, uh, it was like coming home. Um, I was a little surprised that there was only one other person there besides me who didn't live at the center. Uh, we're down to uh, just three residents now at the center, uh, two of them uh, staff members, and then the third, Joe, uh, is recovering from uh, heart surgery. But I didn't know what to expect, actually. Um, we're we're uh we're going through a transition such as none of us has ever known uh, after this long pandemic that isn't isn't even quite over yet um, we uh at a sangha meeting about 9 days ago 10 days ago uh we announced that uh we we're going to give the green light to some people coming back uh, to sit at the center as they may wish, uh, those some people being people who um, were two weeks beyond uh, being fully vaccinated. So pretty cautious. Uh, and maybe maybe there just aren't that many people uh, in the Sangha who have reached that point yet. Um, so it just got me to wondering... Um, what's going on? What more, more wondering what's, what are we going to see in the next few months? Uh, it's a huge question mark. And we, uh, we raised this question in, uh, one of our monitors meetings, um, this morning by Zoom, of course. Uh, we're, um, we've been talking about this for months as, uh, wondering what, what, how this might play out, and at this meeting, uh, someone mentioned this article from yesterday's New York Times, article by David Le- David Leonhart, um, and it's about the irrational fear uh, of getting vaccinated. Uh, no, excuse me. The rational fear of, uh, on the part of even vaccinated people, uh, about contracting COVID, and uh, it's really a, a, a great article and a very reassuring article. It starts with his recounting uh, the little informal survey uh, that uh, a Yale law professor and federal judge by the name of Guido Calabresi. Um, this professor, 
um, has been for three decades now, has been telling his students, new students, I guess, to imagine, I'm reading from the article here, to imagine a God coming forth to offer society a wondrous invention that would improve everyday life in almost every way. It would allow people to spend more time with friends and family, and to see new places and do jobs they otherwise could not do. But it would also come at a high cost. In exchange for bestowing this invention on society, the god would choose 1,000 young men and women and strike them dead. And then Calabresi would ask, would you take the deal? Almost invariably, the students say no. And then the professor tells them that 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 he would ask, what's the difference between this and the automobile? So the, the automobiles now kill uh, some 40,000 people annually. Um, so that, that fanciful number that he came up with to make this point, that 1,000 uh, young people striking them dead, that's uh, very, very conservative. So it's way more than that that die uh, every year from driving cars, driving vehicles. And then he goes on to make the, the distinction between uh, fears for something, fears of something uh, salient, or like a salient risk. And in this case, salient um, is often new, a new risk. So the, the examples he offers are plane crashes or shark attacks, um, tiny but salient risks, and that our fears of those things are far higher than our fear of chronic dangers like car crashes or chemical pollution, chronic chemical pollution in whatever city we might live in. And of course, his point is that uh, that that to to fear COVID to any great extent, once you've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, is as irrational uh, as fearing a plane crash or a shark attack. He says that a vaccinated person's chances of getting COVID are about one. In eleven thousand, that's just to get to get infected. One in eleven thousand, and then the chances of getting a version worse than a common cold are even more remote. So, the risk to us, uh, even once we're va- fully vaccinated, the risk can never be zero, um, and that. What the vaccination does is it turns the risk uh, into the same sort of danger that a plane crash or a shark attack would be. In other words, too small to be worth reordering our lives. One bit bit more of uh, 
Well, statistics, about a hundred Americans today are likely to die in a car crash. And the re most recent data regarding COVID is that either zero or one vaccinated person will die today from COVID. A hundred versus one or zero. But I wasn't, I wasn't surprised last night at the sitting that there was only one non-resident uh, there besides me, uh, because I didn't, there is such uncertainty now. Um, there's such, so, so, so little we know. It's, it's unprecedented, uh, what we're facing now. Um, but it did prompt me to reflect on what what might be going on with so few people. Well, to be fair, there weren't a lot more than that uh, coming to formal sittings before the pandemic. Um, but still, um, how much, if, let's say, let's say we do continue to see very, very few people. And by the way, it wasn't just last night. It's it's for the past 10 days of formal sittings, there have only been two or three non-residents, or at least non-staff in the Zendo. Um, so if we continue to see such uh, very, very small numbers, um, how much of it is fear? It may not be. And again, now it may be... Uh, still too many people who haven't been fully vaccinated in the saga. How much is fear and how much is habit? That is, uh, the, the, the habit of sitting, uh, if one is sitting, of sitting at home. The comfort of sitting at home. The ease. The convenience of sitting at home. The habit of doing our sitting on our own terms. How much of it is that? Don't know. I can relate to it for sure. I'm not saying that there's something uh, wrong with that. Uh, I, I discovered a long time ago, many months ago, that uh, it's it's quite a pleasure, really, uh, to be able to sleep in, to not have to get up at five in the morning and and get dressed and get over to a morning sitting and and change clothes once I get there and so forth and so forth. These uh, these morning sittings at seven o'clock are just well, personally, they're just made to order. I just, I naturally wake up at six, give or take 15 minutes, uh, anyway, without an alarm clock, which is a great pleasure. <laughs> uh, and, um, it seemed, well, we see the numbers. Look at the numbers of our, our Zoom sittings. 40 is a, is a small, a small morning, uh, 50, sometimes 60 people. Uh, sitting at home uh, next to their, 
their screens. Uh, this is wonderful. This has been just wonderful to see how many people are sitting together. Together, but is it together? All right, it's, it's better than 50 people sitting without any kind of online connection. True. Uh, but boy, it was a reminder last night uh, in the in the Zendo at what a difference it is. Let me let me say how it's different sitting in a Zendo with other people. Um, well, first, that's the tradition in Zen for hundreds of years. Zen practitioners, mostly monks, uh, have sat in zendos with others. Why? Well, there may be a number of reasons, but one is that when when 10 or 20 or 50 people are sitting together in the same room, each person uh, will find a level of concentration uh, that they wouldn't on their own. I think I can state, make that statement as a fact. I, I, for a long time, I've been noticing the difference. Uh, when I used to go to uh, Mexico for three or four months or once for a whole year with Roshi Kaplow, and uh, it was a, it was pretty, um, fortifying experience to be sitting next to my teacher in a little room in a house in Mexico right there. But it can't compare to sitting in a Zendo, especially a, a well-seasoned Zendo where people have been doing Zazen for, well, in this case, I don't know, 53 years at Arnold Park, 20 or so at Chapin Mill. There's something in the in the walls, in the cushions, in the ceiling. I'm not entirely at ease talking about vibrations, but well, what is it if not that? There's something in the place itself. It's it's um, it is. I wonder whether if if these very low numbers at formal sittings, if they continue into deeper into the spring and into the summer, whether it might be because um, people have forgotten, forgotten what it's like to sit with others in a Zen do, <laughs> a Zendo. It's a I'd experience it as a force multiplier. At home, we always have our options. First of all, of moving, scratching, fidgeting, getting up, sitting down, um, doing this, doing that, making coffee. Uh, we don't, we don't, 
disturb anyone by doing that at home. But what I was reminded last night of is that just by having to sit with others without moving for whatever it is, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, to to not have the option of moving is itself fortifying. It's this, it's, you feel like this is serious business. And as a result, as a result, uh, we can get, we can do better qualities as in more serious as in stronger as in. It's a, it's with other people. It's a shared effort. It's a, it's a, it's collaboration. It's uh more bracing. And then that's even if you don't uh, ask to receive the stick, which will, can take our sitting to another level of concentration. Yes, these are uncertain times. What, what, what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Nobody knows at, uh, in our Sangha, in other Sanghas. There are just questions everywhere. We're all sort of groping our way through this new world that's uh, slowly unfolding, world of safety from COVID. And uh, because of the way things have changed in the last month or two, um, we're talking, I'm talking uh, with uh, Truman and John and Donna and Danae and others about uh, what might be coming up. So people ask about... uh, uh, Sashin, the Sashins, uh, this year. And we have to say, I don't know. Uh, will, will the upcoming Sashins be some kind of a hybrid of, uh, in person, uh, at, at Arnold Park or Chapin Mill, more likely, in person, uh, with uh, online, uh, how does that play out with Doksan? Um, we tried it on a very small scale in April, where um, uh, I started again, resume giving Taisho in the in the Zendo in the April session. There were uh, just six to eight people there. And um, I couldn't resist uh, inviting people to come upstairs afterward for uh, real doksan. I mean, doksan that's not just two-dimensional on a screen, but is more than that. And I was, I was stunned at what a difference it is, really. It makes a difference. People have asked about uh, Buddha's birthday that uh, every year has been on Memorial Day weekend. The answer to that, as, we can, as far as we can tell right now, is yes, we'll 
have something that Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. What it'll be, it's hard to say still. It'll be uh, some kind of celebration, some kind of observance, in, but in a reduced form. We're not going to be chanting in the Buddha Hall. People have asked about, uh, we're, well, we're wondering about residential staff. Again, we're down to just two people, uh, two residents on staff, the lowest, fewest people. And since uh, before I took over the center in 1986, will, will there be more people who want to come for residential training? Who knows? But now, as far as sittings, morning, evening sittings, um, I would just like to convey this last, last impression for everyone uh, based on my sitting there last night. Here are my final words. Come on in. The water's fine. <laughs>